remember the day I decided to identify as an artist and what came up for me when I first made this claim. On the one hand, there was a great sense of relief as I pulled away from my identity as a coach, healer, therapist and teacher, all of which caused me to incapacitate myself from receiving due to my own projections of essentially always having my shit together. There was a fear within me that as long as I was identified as a helper, I could not possibly be the receiver of support for it would damage my credibility and reputation as the warrior-like person I ensured my image to uphold. Of course, these are all just ideas and these ideas hold true to the extent that we are convicted in our beliefs towards them. When I realized how I had backed myself into a corner, I wanted nothing to do with the coaching therapist identity that caused me to attract people who had no regard for my needs or desires, namely because I did not allow myself to to communicate my needs and desires. Somehow I had trapped myself and in order to escape, I needed to let go of being the one who knows what to do. But despite my now strong resistance to being a coach, I knew that I had skill in this area. Was I going to give it all up or was there a way where I could redirect my skills as a coach and apply them through a different medium? In this podcast, I share with you my journey from coach to artist and how bringing my awareness to the shadow aspects of these identity structures that I was able to find balance and much required solace in finding my purpose and what truly brings joy to my heart. Many creators have resistance to claiming the identity and vocation of being an artist because it is tied up with all sorts of other archetypes that pose complications. For example, we see countless models of the poor artist who, like Van Gogh, the blossoming of his success only came after his death. We also have the depressed artist, the one who isolates himself, writing amazing and deeply moving poetry at the cost of his own happiness and ability to experience true intimacy with others. And then there is the addict, the artist who performs best when he is high or intoxicated, ultimately sacrificing his own life force as the condition in which he gives himself permission to create. And what about the amateur? the artist who is satisfactory across many mediums but fails to receive acclaim in one. Even the successful artist does not escape the burden of his success. The pretense of being a famous artist assumes a certain social status that can ironically strip away one's innocence in order to save face and maintain respect among among elite scholars and art critics who will take any opportunity to pounce on the artist who begins to get lost in their fame and fortune. In truth, the art world is not all fun and games, and as such, it has become the role of the artist to explore the darkness within himself and within humanity as a whole. Just like the motivation to become a therapist is often driven out of the wounding, it is relevant to ask what is the core motivation for one to become an artist? The artist's job is to create and as such must inevitably be confronted with their compulsion towards destruction. As we see from the examples mentioned, the pull towards creation always seems to come at a cost, whether that be through self-isolation, 
poverty, intoxication, the pursuit of appraisal or ridicule that only serves to fortify the ego, or even the realization of success when one's sense of unworthiness, unworthiness makes one's good fortune more of an inconvenience, inconvenience than the satisfaction of failure that, at the least, affirms the self-deprecating thoughts of the artist and the circumstances to match that. While on the surface, the pull towards creation may be regarded as the primary motivator for the artist, we are also called to question how much the pull of the pull towards destruction is a driving force for the artist to pursue his craft. For it is a part of the human experience to understand the nature of polarity and the paradox between our attractions and aversions. That is, our deepest desires are also our greatest fears in which the label we choose changes in response to the expansion of our consciousness and ultimately transcending polarized thinking. For example, you may determine that you don't like something, yet the only reason why you, d- you decide that thing is unlikable is because you don't understand it. Once understood, the object of your displeasure is seen in a new light and you cease to feel an aversion towards it. Ultimately, for the artist not to be devoured by his own creation, she must become aware of her hidden motivations towards destruction. That is, the ways in which we unconsciously seek out methods to punish ourselves. At the heart of the matter, our impulse towards self-punishment comes down to having fear in relation to our own power. Although as a collective we are undergoing a rapid transformation in moving away from the love of power to the power of love, at a subconscious level many of us still view power as a destructive force. And while this is true, it is only a half-truth. In order for art to have an impact on the consciousness of humanity, it needs to challenge conventions and continually reshape the parameters under which we have come to know ourselves. If you identify as an artist or an aspiring artist, my advice for you is this. Just by virtue of taking on the identity of an artist, at some point you will come into conflict with your creation. You then have the opportunity to view whatever restriction you encounter with your work as a reflection to your internal world. For example, you may create something but refuse to share it with the world which acts as a statement to your sense of unworthiness. Or you may approach your creation with apprehension, determining that there are more important things to do than to dedicate time to your craft. What we consider to be important reveals the ways in which the value systems of society have influenced us. In this way, we can begin to differentiate our values from that of an external source and allow ourselves to prioritize what brings us a deeper sense of fulfillment. Or you may completely abandon your creation right before its completion and hide it away never to see the light of day. In this case, you may ask yourself, have you ever run away from the things that you love? Or have you ever felt like you have been abandoned either physically or emotionally by not having individuals in in your life who you feel safe to express yourself authentically. In all these examples, we can see clearly that the ways in which we relate to our art serves to illuminate our relationship to our power 
and the degree by which we are convicted in our self-belief as masterful creators. So, in what ways do you still feel your power and how does this express itself? Once you begin to identify the ways in which you have set out to sabotage or destroy your creative potential, whether this is self-directed or directed at others, through overt, overt means or more discreet methods, we can begin to apply the antidote. The antidote first and foremost is your own awareness. Simply by receiving this information presented in this podcast, it is my hope that you have noted any self-destructive tendencies that you can now begin to transform. The second antidote is putting your awareness into action by intentionally acting in contradiction to your default behaviours. This means if you are used to keeping your creations to yourself, then it's your job to take initiative in making your art visible. As a person who has been heavily reliant on the validation of others, I would like to remind you that it doesn't matter how many thumbs up you get. In fact, in some ways it's better that you are initially not seen and recognized for your work so that you will learn to be your own source of validation and fulfillment. While some of us choose to identify as artists, ultimately we are all creators in this game of life. Exploring your identity as an artist can help you to reclaim your power as a creator and awaken creative abilities you didn't even realize you had. If you are curious to explore your seen and unseen spiritual gifts, please feel free to reach out. If you have benefited from the content in this podcast, you may also like to share it with others. My name is Luna Faith. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time.